Moms Unscripted is a production of Mops International. If you'd like to find a group near you, go to mops.org forward slash group search. If you'd like to start a group, go to mops.org forward slash start a group. Hey there, today on Moms Unscripted, we're talking about a sensitive topic, parenting in the age of pornography. So if you have kids listening, you might want to save this episode for a different time. Here's the deal. Talking to kids about porn and sexuality can feel awkward, but today's episode is going to help us all get comfortable and maybe a bit more courageous about having ongoing awkward conversations with our kids. In a minute, we're going to bring on our guest, Greta Eskridge, who has spent years talking to parents about how to deal with pornography in the home, and she's going to give us some of her best advice. But before we talk with her, I wanted to share an article that we read recently in the Washington Post that listed seven things to keep in mind when we're talking to our kids about tough subjects. I thought it was super helpful for any conversations we're reluctant to have with our kids. So here are the seven things to remember when you need to have a conversation with your kids about anything that makes you feel overwhelmed or nervous. Number one, it's never one big talk, but a series of little ones throughout childhood. Number two, you don't need to know all the answers. Number three, you can admit that it's awkward or hard to explain. Number four, you're the right person to discuss these topics. Number five, it's not a soliloquy, meaning you can allow space for silence or questions or contemplation. Number six, you can think about it first. And number seven, this one has been so true in my own parenting journey, you can have a do-over if it doesn't go how you planned the first time. And we'll share the link to this really helpful article in our show notes if you want to read more. But now let's meet our special guest. Greta Eskridge is a nature lover, book reader, and coffee drinker. She also hails from my very small town in Southern California, which I just love. She craves meaningful relationship and loves having adventures. She is a second generation homeschooling mom of four, a wife of 23 years to Erin, and is passionate about educating parents in the devastating effects of pornography on children and then equipping and empowering families to fight porn. She loves to travel the country sharing her message of joyful, connected parenting. And her first book, Adventuring Together, released in July of 2020 with Thomas Nelson. And her next book with Thomas Nelson comes out in the spring of 2022. We're so excited to talk with you, Greta. Okay, so Greta. Especially for your group. Go so, yeah. So, I mean, the people you're working with, this is a really hard audience, but it's, um, I think it's it's wonderful to talk about with them. So thanks for being willing. Yeah, yeah for sure. We're excited about this topic. So we're going to do your bio and intro and all that kind of stuff afterwards. So we're just going to jump in with some questions if you're good with that. Yep, that sounds great. All right. All right, Goda, we're just going to jump right in because I was reading your blog recently and the title was, have you talked to your kids about masturbation yet? And honestly, my (laughs) palms are getting sweaty because I haven't, (laughs) mostly because I don't know what to say. So um, before we talk about that, will you let us know what prompted you to begin talking with parents about how to create a healthy culture around sex in their homes? Oh, sure. Um, It's a long story, so I'll give you the shortened version, but um, really... Um, it came out of a desire to talk to my own kids. And I have, you know, I had, I have three sons and one daughter and, and I knew they're growing up in an age where pornography exposure was um, kind of a certainty at one point or another. And I just thought, how am I going to prepare them 
to be able to handle that in the best possible way. But also, how could I prepare them for a future um, that was filled with actual good things about concerning sex and um, relationship with their future spouse or even just a, a healthy sexual outlook, um, even if they were to never um, have a spouse or to never uh, get married, what would that look like? How could I provide that for them? And so I started to think about it and learn about it, uh, never with the intention of talking about it with the public. Um, <laughs> but what I found was that um, as I started talking to my to my girlfriends, you know, moms who had kids the same age as mine, they were like, wait, do we have to talk about this? Mm. But we need to talk about this, but we're scared to talk about it. And then I started to talk about it kind of a little bit more with, with more moms. And I just realized we all felt the, the need to have the conversation, but we just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And it just became clear to me that um, somebody needed to say something. And, and I felt like, okay, well, I guess I'll be the one. <laughs> so here I am. So great. Someone needs to go first. That's so right. thank you for mm-hmm. doing that. So I'm curious, just to lay the groundwork, will you give us some stats on pornography and maybe just the porn industry in general? Sure. Um, I think it's really important for parents to know, first of all, that the average age for pornography exposure is between 8 and 11. And um, that feels really hard to stomach because we think, wow, what would an eight-year-old, what would an Mm -hmm. 11-year-old do with that kind of Mm -hmm. um, image or information being thrown at them? How do they respond? And um, that feels scary to us as parents, and it's certainly scary for kids. So I think that's the first thing to be aware of, is that it's not something that just teenagers are dealing with, but middle schoolers and even elementary Mm -hmm. age kids are um, facing the possibility of seeing pornography. And then I think it's important for parents to realize, too, that um, the pornography industry is uh, a multi-million dollar industry. Um, There's lots and lots of money at stake. And um, because of that, there is a necessity to get more people exposed to and therefore addicted to pornography. And so we don't want to imagine that happening to our kids. But the reality is with um, developing brains, which is what our kids have, they are um, a really likely target to deal with um, porn addiction. And so we want to give our kids the tools to be able to fight back and not fall prey to what the industry wants them to fall prey to. And um, pornography addiction is a real um, situation. It's, it's happening to kids at a younger and younger age. And even teens and preteens are acknowledging amongst themselves that, that they are facing um, porn addiction, dealing with it. Some of them um, are willing to admit that that's what they're dealing with themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Like I said, we have to give our kids the tools to fight back against it. And um, there are lots of people that are out there trying to help. 
so no parent is alone in this battle. Uh, even though it feels lonely, there are a lot of um, wonderful organizations and groups who want to be a part of the fight. Mm-hmm. Man. We've got so many questions for you, don't we? <laughs> I'm curious, how do you define a porn addiction? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, that would be um, like consistently seeking it out, not like once a month, um, not uh, like occasionally a person is bored or um, stressed. Um, some of the reasons that people seek out pornography, but but actually like needing to um, pursue it um, often, uh, once a day, multiple times a day, not being able to handle things like stress or loneliness mm-hmm. or boredom or fatigue without turning to um, pornography. Those are the hallmarks of an addiction. Mm-hmm. And it, and like I said, it doesn't seem possible that that could be something that a teen or a preteen is dealing with um, or could deal with, but the reality is that that does happen. I hear from from moms often who tell me that that's something that their child is dealing with, or often the case um, that I hear from spouses who say their husband or wife has um, was exposed to pornography at a young age, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 12, 15 years old, and it developed into a porn addiction that it, has lasted into adulthood. Wow. And that's one more reason for me to mm-hmm. encourage parents to talk to their kids and to equip them so that it isn't something that they're carrying through their um, adolescence and into adulthood. You're so brave, Greta, because I think um, just just as parents, I've got a, adult kids and it, it wasn't an issue for me at all to talk to them Mm -hmm. about um, stranger danger and good touch, bad touch or drugs, alcohol, Mm -hmm. cigarettes. Why is this one so hard? Well, I think it's hard because for many of us, we already carry some sort of baggage ourselves when it comes to just the word pornography, right? Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. We don't want to say it. Maybe we've been hurt by it ourselves. Maybe we've dealt with it ourselves. Maybe we're currently struggling with it in our marriage or um, we didn't grow up in a family where we talked about healthy sexual things. So we certainly didn't talk about unhealthy sexual things. So I think for us adults, like this is layered with so much baggage. There's shame, there's fear, there's hurt, there's trauma. Mm-hmm. And um, that makes it hard for us to talk about it with our kids because we think we're laying all of that on them. But what I always encourage parents to remember, especially for our younger kids, they they aren't carrying that weight. And, and so therefore, when we say to them something like, hey, there's this thing called pornography that's bad for us, it's bad for our brains, it's bad for our hearts. And um, I want to help you know what to do if you see it. I want to keep you safe from mm-hmm. pornography. We're not laying all of that weight and baggage that we carry on them because they don't have it yet. In fact, um, we're, we're helping them by having that conversation. We're helping them hopefully 
avoid some of the, the baggage that we're carrying when it comes to that term. And um, I think that that's why it's just so hard for us to talk about. But if we can remember, it's like you tell your kids, don't cross the street without me. Um, don't touch the stove that's hot. Mm-hmm. We are doing that because we want to keep them safe. Just like you said, like stranger danger. Like mm-hmm. we tell our kids we need to be careful of, of strangers or good touch, bad touch. We don't want to introduce those things to our kids because we hate the thought of them getting hurt. But we know the potential um, for greater hurt is there if we say nothing. And it's mm-hmm. the same with pornography. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, do- I think um, I have. Oh, Janelle, did you want to go? No, I'm sorry. go for it. Go for it. I think, um, Greta, that like, I have heard this among mom friends that, um, if I bring this up to my child, Mm. like, yes, I understand that, um, this is an important thing to talk to kids about, but what about that mom who says, if I bring it up to my kid, Mm. it's going to make them more curious and it's going to make them more Mm -hmm. interested Mm -hmm. in going and finding and and seeking this out. Whereas Mm -hmm. Maybe if I don't say anything, they mm-hmm. won't. That's a good yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I encounter that question a lot, and I totally, I totally understand um, where parents coming from when they ask that question, because our first instinct as parents is to protect our kids from everything that is um, ugly and evil and dangerous, and not to bring it into their world. But, uh, and in fact, I can relate because I remember before I talked to my kids about pornography, I talked about the idea of good touch and bad touch and um, protecting their bodies and respecting their bodies and expecting that other people um, would protect and respect their bodies as well and teaching them how to do that. And it was so hard for me to have that conversation with my kids because I didn't want to introduce this idea that there were people that could hurt them that that had that desire in their heart and I just was like how can I bring this into their beautiful um innocent little world but I again I knew that the potential for for danger um was greater if I said nothing and so I had to do it um now with pornography we think well okay Greta that makes sense (laughs) um I know what you're saying but yeah what if what if they're curious um, and I, I don't, I think, first of all, we need to understand that the kids are curious about sex. They're curious about their bodies and there's nothing wrong with that. We are sexual beings. Um, God created us that way. And there is nothing wrong with being curious, um, about their bodies. There's nothing wrong with being curious about sex, but we want to, um, help them, uh, pursue that curiosity in a healthy way. And so um, if we are sure to frame the idea that pornography is something that is bad for them, that it's dangerous, and um, when we let them know that and we have that initial conversation, we have already set in place um, safeguards to help them um, not to pursue their curiosity in a dangerous way, then um, we're protecting them by having the initial conversation, giving them the tools and the knowledge of what to do if they are exposed to pornography. But also, if they are curious and they decide to 
you know, look up something online, we've set things in place to help them not um, encounter anything Mm -hmm. dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so I think ultimately as parents, we just have to decide, just like we wouldn't say, well, I'm never going to tell my kids about sex till they're, um, you know, 21, because they might be curious to try to do something. We, We just can't, we can't do that. We have to have the conversation. And it's the same with pornography. Um, the hope, of course, is that by putting things in place to give them knowledge and tools that that if they are curious, they can come to us with questions um, and instead of just looking online and trying to find the information themselves, which would be dangerous. Mm-hmm. I know as parents, we get caught in the trap of basically saying no about things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't yeah. do that. Don't look at that. Stop jumping there. You know, if you do this again and I know there's been healthy conversation around not being a household of no and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. How do we turn this into a yes conversation? Cause how I like to think about it is uh, it's less about changing them and more about aiming them in the mm-hmm. right direction. But what, what does that look like for this kind of conversation? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that that is, foundational. Um, I always love to remind my kids and I have from the time they were very little that they, um, that they are their body and every other human body is a miracle. Like they are the most incredible machine um, designed to do incredible things. And every part of their body is designed to do incredible things, including their sexual body parts. And um, so always trying to frame the idea of any conversation about the human body, whether it's theirs or someone else's, with this idea that they're a beautifully designed um, creature and creation. And um, therefore, worthy of respect and worthy of celebration. And so um, what does that look like in terms of... um, the conversation about pornography while pornography does not respect um, or celebrate the human body. And um, so it's not the best way for us to um, think about um, themselves or other people. And it's not the the best way to treat um, themselves or other people. And um, I think if we frame the idea of pornography, not just as it's wrong, don't look at it, don't do it, but to build their understanding from the time they're little kids with this idea of the human body is worthy of respect and Mm -hmm. honor and celebration. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're focusing on. And pornography doesn't do that. And so we don't want to engage with it because it doesn't honor, respect or celebrate humans and, and they're incredibly beautifully designed body. Does that make sense? Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I'm curious what you've seen work best, you know, as we're thinking about actually having a conversation with our kids. I found that sometimes we're like out hiking and something comes up Mm -hmm. and that's when we have the best Mm -hmm. conversations. It's not like we're going to sit around the table (laughs) and we're going to talk about pornography right now. So like, how do you, where do you start? How do you start that conversation with your kids? And maybe it looks different at different ages. It does. When they're little, I actually find being straightforward is a great place to start because 
again, they don't have any of that baggage or discomfort. And so we can be really straightforward and have, have, I think that initial conversation of there's, um, something that I need to talk to you about when you're using the computer, I want you to use safe, be safe, or when you're on the phone or using a tablet, you're playing a game. Um, because you can be really straightforward. And those are like, that's an important conversation, that safety conversation. Um, and, and I think it's, it's really okay to be straightforward, especially if you've built a, an understanding of, um, and a culture, I, I like to call it like building a healthy sexual culture in your home. If you've built this culture of, we can talk openly about, um, these kinds of things, then your kid isn't going to be like, whoa, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Why are you saying mm-hmm. this stuff, right? They're used to you um, not being afraid to say, um, you know, these are the real words for our various body parts or um, this is how we stay safe. Um, we protect ourselves um, from other people who don't want to respect our bodies or whatever. So I think when they're little, having um, just a straightforward conversation is great. But then, as, especially as they get older, I mean, I have three teens now. I have a 17, a 15, and a 13-year-old. That's when those more nuanced conversations mm-hmm. and definitely situational conversations mm-hmm. come up. Like, we'll be driving. And, I mean, just the other day, we drove past a um, fast food restaurant, and there was a sign in the window, um, a picture of a chip. And it was all blurred out as if it were, like, a picture that was, um, showing something that mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to see. And it said, no more naked chips. And my 13-year-old daughter, she's like, look, they're trying to use, like, make it seem like that chip is, like, mm. um, a pornographic image and they're trying to blur it out. And, you know, it's like, you're right, they are. I'm really glad that you are learning to be media savvy, like you're understanding mm. what the message is being thrown at you. And then we have a conversation about it. And it totally situational and it's um, often directed by my kids because these are conversations we have all the time. And so I think um, not shutting them down, being open when they ask questions, when they're little and they ask really blunt, mm-hmm. <laughs> the embarrassing questions, not shutting them down then either. If it's not an appropriate moment saying, Hey, I want to talk to you about this more, but we can't talk right now. Let's talk later on. Um, when we can do it quietly or, you know, in a better situation, but just staying open, having frank conversations, but also um, letting them take the lead sometimes as well. So not the go ask your dad. <laughs> response <laughs> that that worked really well with our kids um so the question is for sure what do you do when you you know catch your kids watching it but also um outside of just only playing mary poppins as a kid mm-hmm. i mean they see it everywhere mm-hmm. i will i'm a huge yeah. marvel fan and i was watching a, a marvel film um Captain Marvel this weekend and I you know I'm an adult and if I see something that's inappropriate you know of course I'm I'm like what was the, the point of that knowing yeah. sex sales and that's a whole other podcast yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> there was a scene where she um 
is steals this motorcycle. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but anyway, she steals the motorcycle. She, you know, steals the clothes off of the mannequin and the mannequin shot was a naked booby. And I was like, what was the point of that? Like they could have, you know, pointed to the, the store or the, or her boot or, but it was specifically that. And obviously it stayed on there long enough. So if you're saying, you know, the average is eight to 11, eight-year-olds are watching Marvel mm-hmm. films, 11-year-olds are watching Marvel films. So if they if they seek it out and they're watching it and you catch them versus they saw something on a movie that now is just family mm-hmm. night and we're watching it, do you pause? Do you, how do you approach that? Oh, okay. So those are two really good questions. Can I separate them and answer them both? No, you do you. <laughs> I can't wait for the answer. Okay. <laughs> okay, so first I want to say um, we'll we'll focus on what do you do if, you know, it, it comes up. You're driving down the road and you see, you know, a billboard for mm-hmm. a club or, yeah, you're watching a movie together as a family and a scene comes up. Um, uh, I've had the conversation. I would say it was with my kids that were um, probably 11 and up. We talked about what soft porn is. Um, and the difference mm-hmm. between, you know, pornography that is um, much more graphic and then soft porn, what that looks like. Like, and I asked them, what are places where you'd see soft porn? And we, because this is the, <laughs> this is the kind of conversation I have with my kids as we brainstormed, like where are places that you could run into that mm-hmm. comic books, um, video games, you know, billboards, magazines at the grocery store, just to, to make them aware so that then the next part of the conversation is, well, how do we respond when we see those things? Um, And, and I think that's a really a a great opportunity for them to start to learn to listen to their own instinct, to listen to their heart and how, what they're seeing affects them. So it makes them uncomfortable or it makes them feel um, like, they, they, when they're really little, I say, like, you feel like a yucky feeling in your tummy. It's not, again, it's not because the human body is yucky, but it's because it's being portrayed in a way that's not respectful or honoring or celebrating. And I think that is a really critical part of this conversation because we want to, to not give the, um, any implication that the human body and, um, their sexual organs are shameful or um, ugly or distasteful. That is not the message we're trying to send, but they can be portrayed in a way that does not honor or respect them. And so beginning to help them differentiate that and, and kids are smart. They can begin to understand that from a young age. And so that becomes part of the conversation and you could pause the movie or you could address the billboard and say, Hey, um, is that honoring or respectful to the human body, to that person's body, to that person as an individual? Is it honoring or respecting them? And if it's not, then we would fast forward that or we would um, say we're not going to go to that, mm-hmm. to that strip club, right? And it's, instead of just like fast forwarding it and not talking about it, that gives the implication that, that something that has happened. Sure. Whereas mm-hmm. really what we want to say is, Hey, we want to respect that, that person. We want to respect that individual. So I think those are the ways that you can 
um, handle those kinds of situations because you are 100% right. They're being sexual images and sexual things are being thrown at them constantly. Mm -hmm. That's good. And we want to talk about it. We don't want them to be afraid to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you do find your kid is, has either been exposed to pornography accidentally or they're seeking it out themselves. Um, again, you want to talk about it with them. And I think the first thing you need to do as a parent is to respond to your child with compassion. Even if you feel hurt or sad or angry or scared, those feelings as a parent are totally normal and there's nothing wrong with any of those feelings. But that's not what you want to portray to your kids. So you're going to want to take a minute, take some deep breaths, um, pray if you need to, um, talk to your spouse if you need to. But your approach to your child is to, to draw them near and to say something like, I'm so sorry you saw that. That is not um, the beautiful, honoring way mm. that we know uh, humans are supposed to interact with each other actually. And, um, I want to help you deal with what you just saw. I want to help you, um, heal if you feel scared or you feel sad or upset. If you're curious about what you saw, I want to talk to you about it. Um, try to, to make a physical connection with them in that moment if you can, Mm -hmm. because every kid's response is going to be different. Some are going to feel, embarrassed some are going to feel afraid some are going to feel ashamed some are going to be like if it was a mild exposure they're not going to be that affected but really we want to be compassionate we want to be gentle we want to make sure we're not um putting any sort of shame on them so that we can have a conversation we can help them heal That's really good. I'm curious how you handle this. Like, how do we live in the middle? So my husband, Joe, his mom, when he was growing up, like if there was an image that came up on the television, she'd like run up there with a blanket and cover the TV. Mm. Or he had three sisters and they weren't allowed to go from uh, the bathroom after they took a shower to their room in a towel because she Mm. felt like it was inappropriate and sexualizing them, even in their own home. And so I'm curious, how do you help our kids in our homes to just um, have some normalcy around sexuality mm-hmm. and not yeah. constantly be like, oh, I can't show any, any my body at mm-hmm. all. I can't mm-hmm. like, how do we mm-hmm. normalize this and not go overboard right. in the opposite direction? Yeah, that's great. Which um, is what the rest of the world <laughs> is doing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that that is, that is so true it's like it's I feel like it's all one way or all the other Mm -hmm. and um our approach has always been um again that that idea of um the human body is beautiful and it is um I mean as people of faith and we believe that we are made in God's image and and so we have communicated that idea to our kids from the beginning um, interestingly, my husband's an artist, so we have a house full of art books. Um, we've been taking our kids to art museums from the time they were little. So they've seen, you know, plenty of paintings and statues of people that, um, you know, nude. 
And so I think because of that, we've actually had the conversation from the time they were little about, I remember one time, one of my sons said we were in a museum and there was a nude statue. Maybe it had a drapery around the bottom, but the breasts were definitely exposed. And then there was like a, a painting of like, Moses and the Red Sea right next to it. And he said, Mommy, how come there's like a Bible painting and then a, a girl with no clothes on right <laughs> next to each other? Like, he was curious. Like, mm-hmm. this seems like a disparity. And mm-hmm. and so that was when I had, a you know, a conversation about, well, is this statue a celebration of God's creation, this beautiful human body, or is it dishonoring? And, um, So what we've done is we've always tried to focus on this idea that um, the body is not anything to be ashamed of, but we celebrate it and we respect it and Mm -hmm. we honor it. And we do that ourselves and then we do that to others. Now, I have, again, like I said, I have teen sons and we live in Southern California. We spend a lot of time at the beach. And um, there have been times where my sons have expressed to me that, you know, they want to honor um, girls that they see at the beach, but sometimes there's a lot of skin mm-hmm. showing mm-hmm. and it's hard for them. And I think, wow, how um, lucky am I that they feel safe expressing that this is difficult, um, but also what uh, an honor it is and a, a responsibility that I have to them to say, well, you can't control what those girls um, are wearing, but you can control how you respect them and honor them, no matter what they are wearing. And um, giving them the opportunity to talk about it and giving them um, the opportunity to not say, well, we're never going to the beach again, because I don't think that that's, mm-hmm. um, for, that's just not the way we want to live our life. Like we don't want to be held captive to fear. Like we might see something that is hard for us to deal with. Instead, it's like, well, how do I live in the world? How do I go to the beach or go to the movies or go to Target <laughs> and perhaps see something um, that would be hard for me to deal with? Well, that's, that's the important conversation instead of just um, avoiding everything. And, um, it's going to be different for each kid. It's going to be different for each family, but our approach has always been to do it with respect and honor mm-hmm. for the human body. And again, like not to live in fear and not to avoid everything. That's um, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Greta. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's nuanced. It's not, it's not always black and white, right? Like mm-hmm. we can't just say it's, this is the way it always is. So this is what we have to do because even for, for different people, the re- the response is different. Like what affects one um, kid one way might affect your other child a different way. And that's important to have that conversation too, to be like, Hey, this is harder for for me. What should I do? Like to, to be, willing to let there be some gray area and walk through it with them. That's great. Well, Greta, as we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, maybe you could tell us, you mentioned a couple different times, tools to keep our kids Mm -hmm. safe. 
maybe as we're wrapping up our conversation, you could just um, kind of let us know what are some of those tools that you feel like are a helpful addition to any of our households that will help kind of, you know, an ounce of prevention is an, is better than a pound of cure. Is that the statement? Mm-hmm. So what are some preventative measures that we can put in place to help keep our kids safe? What are some of those tools? Um, I think the first thing you want to do is to be sure to have um, that initial conversation with your kids. Uh, I suggest by the time they're six or seven, you have told them what pornography is in the most basic and um, easy to understand terms, giving them the least amount of information. Um, as far as details, but giving them a knowledge of what it is and what to do if they see it. Um, If you don't feel comfortable having that conversation just kind of on your own, you feel like you need a script, there are some books that you can use. Um, One um, that I've used is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and um, it Mm. kind of gives you more of a script to, you could just straight out read the book to your kids or you can use it as kind of your guide um so i think the first thing to do like i said have that conversation tell them what it is and then tell them what to do if they see it and um i always tell parents like you need to to give kids a plan for what to do if they see pornography just like you have a, a fire drill or you tell them what to do if they get lost so um if they are, they see pornography on a screen or someone shows it to them or it comes up in a pop-up ad to, um, to turn the phone over or to tell the person mm-hmm. who's showing it to them, I don't want to look at that, mm-hmm. um, to close the laptop, but give them like a physical action to do something that they can do to no longer have it in their sight and then to come talk to you. So they know what, what it is, what to do if they see it, and then to talk to you afterwards. Those, I think, are three solid tools that every parent of a preschooler or um, a young elementary school kid, they need to, to, do, to talk to their kids about those three things. So helpful. That's awesome. Very Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And you can do it, guys. Practical. You can do we it. Can. Yes. We can do this. <laughs> we Greta. need fortitude. We need yes. courage. That's right. <laughs> That's so awesome. Greta, where can people find you? Um, I would say to find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And um, I'm having lots of these conversations there. You can look for Greta Eskridge or my Instagram handle is Ma and Pa Modern. And, um, Either of those will bring you to me there. And then also my website is com, And I have articles on these topics as well. So um, those are two great places to find me and to continue the conversation or say, I need more help, Greta. <laughs> and um, I'd be happy to chat with you in my DMs and, and give you some, some more uh, courage and the tools that you need to protect your kids because that's what I care about most. It's huge. So, so good. good. Thanks, You're doing Greta. Good work. Such for sure. good work. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think it's interesting that she said it's, you know, from age eight to, to 11. 11. Did she say mm-hmm. that? Of, yeah. You know, when you have that first exposure. I remember seeing my first um, naked images. Um, I was at a friend's house and her, she brought it over 
to me to look at. And, and we start flipping through the pages and I instantly started crying because mm-hmm. something in me was like, you shouldn't be looking at this. <laughs> this is, this is bad. You know, don't look, don't look. And I man for days after I could not get those images out of my head. And I talked to my big sister, you know, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't anything I was safe talking to my mom about. She would have been like, well, where'd you get it from? Who told you to look at it? Um, but my big sister, I think, normalized it for me a, a little um, at that age. You're just not even sure what you're understanding or what you just saw. Um, but it wasn't from it wasn't from a healthy place. It was like, oh, you know, those it, it was from there. They want to make money. They're in this magazine spread and they're they're going to make some money off. of it. That's interesting that yeah, she kind of put that together. Mm-hmm. Wow, She did. Yeah. But I just remember bawling, just crying mm. because it felt like. I shouldn't be seeing this. And then my first, um, and when I say this, don't act like this didn't happen to you guys too, but I did walk in on my mom and my stepdad. So that was my first like live action. I was like, Oh my God, what did I just see? <laughs> Claw my eyes out. Um, and so that was the first, you know, print in the images. And then first live, you mm-hmm. know, was, and it, it did. I mean, it, it did something to me. No oh, yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. I was in second grade. Same, similar situation yeah. at a yeah. friend's house. Wow. And her parents um, had Playboy, the Playboy channel. And so we were up late one night. She's like, come here. I want to show you. And she put on the channel. And I Man. could still, to this day, tell you what we watched that, uh-huh. that no night. Way. Absolutely. It's like stared in my memory. Mm-hmm. But second grade. And How my parents still, I had no idea. Second so, graders, what are they, six? Yeah. Five? Seven. Seven. Seven or eight. Yeah. So it's just, and now it's so much more accessible. And how long was she watching it as as their daughter probably access to that channel? Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, that was a long time ago. So the accessibility Mm -hmm. is just Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. scary. Mm -hmm. Well, there's something to be said about that first time. Yes. Like I, because that was going to be my answer. I think the first time. At a friend's house. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a theme here. Right. Yeah. And it was, we were just, it was a sleepover kind of thing. And yeah, he, his, his parents had the package, yep. like TV yeah. package mm. thing. Mm. And so, yeah, it was like fourth grade and I could tell you exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what, wow. I mean, I don't know what it was called, but sure. I, I, right. I remember the images. Uh-huh, sure. the, yeah. all the images. Yeah. yeah. For the first time. Isn't that crazy? And did yeah, you I share- remember being at a friend. No, go Leanna. Sorry. <laughs> I just, no, it's all, I'm just, it's always so awkward. I remember being at a friend's house. This is so interesting. So it's interesting. All, mm-hmm. all of us. hundred percent. This is crazy. Mine yeah. was at a friend's house and her parents were gone and her, her parents had videos mm-hmm. and she had put mm-hmm. videos in and I walked in the door and it was playing in the living room and there's wow. a bunch of other people that were there and I just walked out and went into another room. Mm-hmm. But I think what's, it's, it's less yeah, just hearing us talk about the scenarios in which this happened—that's mm-hmm. really fascinating. It mm-hmm. really is. It makes me not want to send my. Well, my kids are older now, but well, like, it, no friends' houses. But, yeah, <laughs> but still, it's like what are your kids? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and and it's like I've, also that you can be careful, but yeah. if, if your right. kids mm-hmm. somewhere at, right. somewhere else, yeah. that mm-hmm. person maybe is not as careful right. and. And as you're saying, Mandy, we also pretty much all of us grew up in an era where the internet wasn't being piped into our phones mm-hmm. right exactly you know, 24 mm-hmm. 7 the accessibility yeah. so mm-hmm. it's that's just i don't know it's eye-opening it, it really is every 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 mom listening is like no friends yeah <laughs> like that's what they took from this you stay at home <laughs> that's the takeaway <laughs> well and you know to greta's point and in, in seeing how necessary that conversation is because if you 
I mean, we have those conversations with our kids. If you see drugs, if you see alcohol at a friend's house, if there's a stranger over there, you should come home. You but know, not about porn. No, you're no. so right. I mean, you're at so a right. friend's house, right? right? Not not in your house. And obviously, yeah. there are lots of dangerous things they can get to under our roof. So we're also not saying moms that, you know, you want to make sure that your home is super safe, but they might stumble upon things, you know, that are dangerous. Um, but I was going to, it is hard when, when it's remote, Leanna, I'm sorry if I cut you off, but Mandy, no. didn't you share a stat too with, you know, just kind of what it does to the rewiring of your brain. So at that age, mm-hmm. the fact that you remember, Matt remembers, well, you know, that mm-hmm. exact image, what right. it does to the brain. Right. Well, I was looking at a study recently. I think we talked about this the other day with mm-hmm. um, people who are regularly watching porn and like the divorce rates are 40%. I mean, it's just staggering. Mm-hmm. So it makes you think that that's normal sexuality mm-hmm. and then regular everyday normal sex doesn't seem as appealing right. or, right. you know, doesn't do it for you. Right. And so it's just, it does, it rewires your brain to need higher and higher levels of mm-hmm. stimulus why it's so important Which to tackle it when they're little. Which is a whole other conversation of yeah. not just having um, these conversations with our kids, but mm-hmm. how much pornography is destroying marriages mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and um, point, how Lisa. to talk with a spouse if you sense that your spouse may be, you know, really in too deep. How right. to have that come. That's a whole nother Which is so prevalent. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because we address everything else with like, you know, a healthy relationship with alcohol maybe have one versus six glasses Mm -hmm. what's the Mm -hmm. healthy relationship with pornography you know and the pornography is so intertwined right how we feel about ourselves if Mm -hmm. we know that our spouse is watching pornography we're like oh that's what they want they Mm -hmm. don't want me who i can't even compare with the women on the screen right right? they're looking at yeah um so it's so complex Mm -hmm. yeah so intertwined sexuality is so complex Mm -hmm. isn't it Oh, absolutely. Sexuality is so complex. And the whole time we're listening to Greta, I'm just thinking about something we talked about right at the beginning of the interview, which is, you know, the reason why this is so taboo and so difficult for us to talk about, I think, is because it's often difficult. We have unresolved issues with our own sexuality. And she says that, but then when you really think about the implications of that, Mm -hmm. it's a lot for, Mm -hmm. you know, as an adult to really get clear what is my relationship with my body and with sexuality mm-hmm. and with pleasure? And then how am I going to show up with my kids with my own issues resolved? Right. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work that needs to be done for most adults in that area. Well, what, I, what I kept hearing was that I needed to be where my where my kids got information from. It was like, I, I mm. need that, that honesty because her questions or her answers resolve revolved around a lot of the same things. And really it was, man, I want to be the authority on this. I want to mm. be the authority because obviously kind of like what Leanna is saying is we're so confused about what we're doing. And whenever you look at what the world's putting out, it's really confusing. Yeah. None of it yeah. really makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if we can't figure it out for ourselves, then how are we supposed to tell our kids yeah. about mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's, it's a very complicated topic, but I just, I need to do my research and, be the authority for my kids in this so that they mm-hmm. come to me. And I mean, yeah, ha, what a blessing it was for Greta to have her kids immediately mm-hmm. come and to have that healthy communication. But 
You yeah. definitely don't want it learn want them learning it from their friends. Right. That's well, clearly, sure. look yeah. at our stories. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think too it's yeah. important though to say like it's never too late, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you've right. avoided these conversations when your kids were little and mm-hmm. now they're in middle school or they're teenagers, it's still not too late to yeah. have these conversations yeah. and to normalize it and be like, "Okay, hey, I felt uncomfortable talking about mm-hmm. this when you were little and I feel like I just need to say this now." Right. So, I think sometimes we feel like, "Oh, I'm so behind." or I should have, you know, we feel shame about not doing it perfectly, but it's never too late. Agreed. Well, it's a great point. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I saw porn growing up in high, in, in, in high school. And then whenever I got married, I knew that porn wasn't a representation of that. But also whenever I, I got married, my parents had also not had that conversation to me. So mm-hmm. I just, I knew what wasn't true, sure. but I, ha- I still didn't know what was mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, and that's just not something that you really want to find out yeah. in a marriage. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a lot so of, a, accurate, a lot yeah. of us are, Absolutely. Yeah. but man, I, it would have been great to have some kind of truthful, sure. honest conversation about mm-hmm. what sex really was. Yeah. In yeah. Marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, my great. daughter, Devaney might've been, I don't know, maybe she was in third grade and I overheard her talking to her friend Amy about sex and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not ready for this conversation. But I immediately sat her down and what she had learned was so crazy (laughs) about what sex was. And so because of the, the craziness of it, I had to go into more detail than I wanted to, but I wanted her to learn what was accurate about it and what was completely nuts about sex. And, and it was the right age and I knew we were getting close to it. And, you know, like this, not necessarily a magic age, but also age appropriate in her comprehension of it. And she, oh my gosh, she started asking the most detailed questions. And I was like, oh my God, go ask your dad. Please go ask your dad. You know, but we were in it and I, and we were comfortable. And so we, we answered those questions. And so that was difficult. But also I knew when I saw it, you know, at my friend's house, I knew it was wrong and cried, but I don't, I didn't know why it was wrong. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Crazy. Yeah, it y'all. speaks to that point of like maybe and it and it also speaks to maybe the cultures that we grew up in around sex. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of it's exactly what you were saying, Matt. There's a lot of no's. Yeah. But do we take the time to clarify what the yeses are mm-hmm. for ourselves, for our kids? And that's actually a more nuanced conversation. Uh mm-hmm. so it's what does health look like? What does wholeness look like mm-hmm. in this area of our lives? Yeah. It's interesting. I was reading Greta's blog on masturbation and it did make me super uncomfortable. And I was thinking about it and I was like, why? I have no problem talking to my girls about periods mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. anything like that. That's not a big deal at all. It's totally normal in our house. But sexuality feels so much harder to yeah. talk about. And I really I cannot. I feel like because you're combating what the world is saying. Yes, exactly. There's all these like really intense things mm-hmm. that we have to talk about. And it's not just like, here's how beautiful sex can be. Yeah, and yeah. it's, we have to go over to the other side and, mm-hmm. and say, here are the horrible things that are <laughs> happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that there's some topics that I have no problem talking about. Like drugs about. and alcohol and, yeah. you know, yeah, that's nuts. And I remember in that conversation with Dev of talking to her how beautiful it was and and, you know, when you start having it, it's going to be amazing. But then I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. 
but <laughs> but wait when i want you to you know rick's like well did you tell her when she's 33 and when she you know just the the dad answer right because you don't want it to have this ugly you know attachment to mm-hmm. it at all mm-hmm. because that's that's not what it is in the right confines right well and what right. we see on so to that point oh well an alcoholic man, how many movies could we watch? And there's like a Mm -hmm. crazy alcoholic in the movie. Oh yeah. Okay. We can see that's bad. Okay. Oh, they're doing lines of cocaine. Why is your kid watching a show of lines (laughs) of cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bad example. But (laughs) Stealing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Things like that. But for sex, it's like, well, they actively really can't see. Unless it's a violent act of sex. Sure. Do they see that wrong? I'm just trying to figure out like, Okay, what so is why that? is it that that hard right. to have that conversation? It's because right. you know that they there's no way yeah. that they have seen what that really looks like because at least it's dramatized in the movies. There's always oh uh, like this symphony music behind mm-hmm. the sex scene, mm-hmm. and it's really romanticized right. to be this incredible great thing. Sure. And it is inside the context of marriage and that, but I feel like that's why it's hard. Mm-hmm. Is You're right. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, here's this representation. Man, it mm-hmm. looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and with our young girls, what they're seeing on TV and, you know, the reality shows and the, you know, that they've taken back their sexuality and their ownership of it. And, and I think that's all fine, well and good. I think that the the fight then with society is that, you know, it it's it's do it whenever you want, however you want. It's your choice. And I think pornography is not um, depending on what kind you're watching. Obviously, it doesn't look bad to the standard eye. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. It, it It is, you know, the candles and the, you know, you hooked, saw a guy and he winked at you and you, you know, so then how do you tell a kid that something's bad when in their eyes it doesn't look bad? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, and uh-huh. something I've thought about is my daughter watching all of the Disney princess mm-hmm. shows and we mm-hmm. love Brave and Merida and how she doesn't yeah. want a man and she's still strong and powerful and I like that, but we have all these representations of a princess and all these things that a prince does and then therefore it's a beautiful happily ever after thing and then they see a grown-up version of that in a movie and they're right. like oh well this is just like my childhood story mm-hmm. that i love this must be what it is and when he winks like that across the room then it makes perfect sense why the sex scene is here that's why it's so confusing so but <laughs> I, I love disney princess movies <laughs> like I, I i love watching them with her but mm-hmm. it's weird like mm-hmm. yeah. it's confusing guys yeah. It's also confusing, confusing it because it's confusing. Um, mm-hmm. there are so many people who uh, maybe did things by the book according to uh, culture they were raised in, and they they didn't have great sex in marriage, or it True. was not a healthy True sexuality that. in True marriage. Yeah. And so I think that's also a confusing aspect of this conversation is, well, you know, I I did it the way I was told to do it, which was not, and then it still, you know, I, I haven't work. had the kind yeah. of... Yeah, that's yeah. an excellent so, point. Liana. It is. It's it really is. yeah. We're telling it's our kids complicated. Yeah, here Especially are the confines. Like, it's going to be great when you marriage. if you do yeah. it this yeah. way, and then it's not, and it's like, yeah. wait a second, right? It's like, wait a second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is good? So then, what is good sexuality? What is whole that's sexuality? Right. And how can we as parents like set our kids up the best way we can for that? There's mm-hmm. things we can control, things we can't. But to me, that's the nuance of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's we are we are probably bombarded by more messages than we realize from mm-hmm. all different sides of this. So mm-hmm. it's important. 
but it's it's nuanced as I guess what I'm saying. Yes. It's, it's a lot more nuanced than maybe I was raised to believe it was. I agree. You're so right. Mm-hmm. And thus the culmination of this conversation. Oh my God. <laughs> it's nuanced. I and period. I feel like there's like so many <laughs> topics within the topic because mm-hmm. masturbation is different from pornography. Pornography is different. Oh yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's, They're not yeah. the same exactly. to me. Exactly. Yep. Well, and mm. to Leanna's point, and this is where my brain's circling on this, is you can have a conversation with your child about alcohol and you mm-hmm. can be like, this is alcohol. Like you can show it to them. Yeah. You can, I mean, there's even some, there's like, you know, whenever you turn 21, I'm giving your first drinks. Lots of times they'll have alcohol in the house earlier. You yeah. can show them what it is. Mm-hmm. You can have a healthy respect for that. Even like I was in a military family, guns, like this is what a healthy this relationship is and here's safe. Is safe. safe. Exactly. Yeah. This is how yeah. you use a gun and manage it safely. A parent can't do that with sex. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's the difficulty in kind of Leanna, Especially what you're saying. You don't it's even like, want your kids watching it. Right. You know what I mean? How can you look, use it as a tool right. to show mm-hmm. like alcohol or like, and I think that's, what's so hard yeah. about it. How mm-hmm. do you, how do you even in a conversation tell them what a healthy sex relationship looks like? And cause you're going to have that with your kid. You don't, the person they're marrying, you don't know what that parents told that kid and what, a, like a part of this. And I think that's the complicated part of it is at some point the, the ones that are getting married, they have to be able to figure that out on their own. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a sense of control as a parent that we have to release. Mm-hmm. All we know is that Good. porn is not the answer. Mm-hmm. But yeah. how, how do we equip them to have the healthy conversations as adults mm-hmm. whenever they do get married to figure out what does that great sex life or whatever right. that is, right. what does that look like inside of their marriage? And ultimately, we mm-hmm. just want it to be honoring, you know, to mm-hmm. them, to their spouse, to you know their bodies, to God. Mm-hmm. What have we gotten ourselves into with this conversation? <laughs> I mean, because did we give but any you know good what? answers? I, think I know. We did. <laughs> what Matt said is so good. Like to mm-hmm. go to what we where we started with Greta is mm-hmm. that, and what she said to us is that for a developing brain, pornography is yes. damaging. Mm-hmm. And Mandy, you've cited statistics that mm-hmm. pornography is damaging. So yes setting up our values around what a whole and healthy sexuality looks like. That's a big, that's a larger conversation. (laughs) But what we do know Mm -hmm. is as Matt just said, that pornography is not the answer Mm -hmm. and it's a damaging, uh, our exposure is damaging. And Mm -hmm. especially to these young, precious minds that are still forming and laying down grooves. Yeah. So I think that's actually helpful as we, yes, very clarifying. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's not the answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) answer. Right. You know, we need to have a whole nother episode. We on needed to talk about this determine though. Determine your yeah. sexual ethic. Yeah. It's honestly yeah. being single now as a 45 year old, it has also the same thing. Like what is my sexual ethic? Has that changed? Mm-hmm. Is that the same than it was mm-hmm. when I was 26 and looking to get married? Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, it probably so this, has. It is a larger, yeah. And it's a larger yeah. conversation. And then yeah. does that translate to what I want my kids, how I want to bring my kids up and how I want to inform their sexual, sexual ethic. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But we do know that porn is not the, answer. is not the path. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is good. Good conversation Hard, guys. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> An hour ago. <laughs> That's so funny.
Hey friends, thank you for joining us for Moms Unscripted, a production of Mops International. A quick reminder that opinions discussed are solely the opinions of the individuals and do not necessarily represent the organization. For more information on today's episode, please visit mops.org backslash moms unscripted podcast for show notes. And join us again next week for another unscripted conversation around the Mops table.